you are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, and as always, as the fine lady says, your team every day, Locked On Browns, your host here, Jeff Floyd. Um, Alexa, sorry, guys, you want to hear Locked On Browns? Just ask the ladies at, on your phone, ask your Alexa, play podcast, Locked On Browns. They'll take care of you in that nature. Oh, we're going to have a fun one here tonight. Um, when you're talking scouting football players, you know, there's guys who have been doing it forever. And this is, guys, pre-internet days and pre-social media days and cut-ups and things of that nature. They're guys who have been, you know, all the way through it. And from rlads.com, Mr. Dan Shanka joining us here this evening, guys. We did have him about a year ago at this time. Dan, first of all, thank you so much for your time here. I know it's been busy, obviously, whether between Tampa, between Mobile. Uh, you've been on a run here, but I, I know you live in the central time zone, so maybe it was nice to get away and actually see a little sun, feel a little warmth, though, for part of those weeks. Absolutely, Jeff. I hated to come back, really. I, I uh, you know, got, um, uh, it was so nice, you know, in Florida and everything. Of course, there was the rain, uh, you know, in Mobile, uh, or storms, you know, and things and missed kind of one day, although, you know, we didn't see it on film and everything, but, uh, but yeah, then right now it's 26 degrees below zero here. And, uh, and that's not a surprise, I guess, to anybody across the middle, because this is one of the worst, you know, cold spells that's hit every state and it's probably headed your way, but, uh, if it isn't there yet, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty chilly. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, we started today at a, we hit a high of 34 today. We are going to hit three degrees, um, and with the lovely wind that's coming through, I'll walk out of these doors tomorrow at 6.55 to take my oldest to school with a wind chill of about negative 13 or 14. So yeah, real good times as far as that's concerned. But you want to know what gives us all time to sit around, watch some film, have some fun, you know, evaluate players. Um, We'll we'll get to just some Cleveland Brown thing first. Uh, We talked about this last year. And when I was talking with you last year, it was kind of like the Browns needed, like, they just got a brand new house. Everything was settled. But they needed to, you know, they needed a shopping list. You know, they needed everything in to fill this brand new house. It's a little bit different here. And it, it, and it's when things are done cor- correctly in the NFL, it shows that, you know, you can get a lot done within one calendar year. John Dorsey, obviously a lot, a lot of changes over a calendar year, but... A lot prettier picture in Cleveland these days. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, John's a real hard worker. I mean, I I was on the road with John a lot when when uh, different teams I worked with, uh, whether it was Philadelphia. What had in fact uh, actually John started uh, after he got done playing uh, and working up in Green Bay. There, then he got on the scouting staff, and I think his first year was probably my third or fourth with the uh, National, something like that. But but I got, I've known John for a long, long time. And, you know, one thing I can certainly say for John, uh, he, I mean, he'll leave no stone unturned. He works extremely hard. And, you know, uh, and he's a good evaluator. And, you know, I mean, that's all you can ask is somebody that will, you know, we spend 18 hours a day trying to make your team better. And, you know, he brought in, you know, everything that he could uh, to uh, upgrade the roster and, um, you know, starting with the quarterback so he did he he did a heck of a job in one year now if he can take the next step and and keep and build depth well and, and part of it this year though is is you know and last year i mean he made the trades right out of the gate when that window opened up 
This year, though, I mean, if he chooses to, he can be more active in free agency. He's got a lot more sellable product to prospective free agents as opposed to, hey, do you want to come play for a team that's been 1-31 over the last two years? Oh, and we still have the same head coach because the ownership wants to keep him for another year. Yeah, and uh, which was, I think, a real good move because obviously uh, Kitchens has got a real good relationship with Baker Mayfield, and uh, that's really important if you got that bond between your coordinator and your quarterback. And uh, you, you just can't keep changing things all the time because, you know, without that consistency and a new offense coming in and all that, I mean, it's just like uh, – a whirling dervish, and nobody knows where to stop. But I think right now, at least the brakes are put on for a while. Yeah, and that was the thing. Because, I mean, look, there were a lot of names that came out, and obviously a lot more established names in NFL circles. I mean, Freddie kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, for us, you know, for me following this team, you know, daily, it was about the Carolina week where it was just like, wow, wait a minute. Are we sure Freddie Kitchens might not be the guy here? And what you saw over, you know, the uh, you know the eight to nine weeks where, you know, Freddie was running the offense, obviously Greg being the head coach, but you saw the offense take so much of a big, big step, and it was like, well, wow, I'd really like to see if this could go where there was an offseason of OTAs and a minicamp, because obviously with the skill players, and they're deep pretty much everywhere, it was interesting to see what they were able to do, and Freddie, the, and God bless him for it, he used basically every, you know, if you want to use the kitchen term, which seems to be huge here now with Cleveland, he used every spatula, spoon, everything he had in the kitchen. Everybody got a little love. Everybody got an opportunity to make something happen. And just the thought of, wow, if you add maybe, you know, a piece or two to what is already a great unit, because, I mean, the one thing they were consistent with was putting up points over that second half of the season. It, absolutely. I mean, that that was a thing that uh, – and, and, you know, receivers got open, and uh, I don't know off the top of my head how many drops there were, but if, if there wasn't, uh, uh, you know, those different drops at key times, it, it'd even be more impressive. And, uh, I mean, even, you know, Jarvis Landry, who I was shocked at when some of those that he dropped this year, but if, if he didn't uh, drop any and Callaway, you know, caught everything in there and uh, – you know, and then at tight end, uh, Najoku, you'd like to see him catch her. I think he is a great athlete and everything. But, yeah, if they, hey, Baker's going to put it there. I mean, it's going to be close. Now, I know in the playoff there, the last playoff or game to get into playoffs, the ball was, you know, behind a little bit. But, I mean, that's a rarity for Baker. I mean, Baker's ball placement is uncanny. So, uh, those guys just got to catch it. I don't, I don't worry about Baker. I never did. I, I just worry about everybody else. If they can step up, you know, in this off season like you said, and work and get timing and, and just get that offense uh, for a whole OTAs and, the, and then in the, you know, in the, in the fall and then, in the, and then in the games, you know, I think we'll see even, even a more explosive offense. Yeah, and, and that's where I thought it was maybe just the best thing to keep that relationship. And obviously you bring in a defensive coordinator who, you know, had a, you know, had a tough stint as a one-year head coach. So obviously, you know, he, he feels like he had a lot to prove, you know, get some pieces on there. But we are going to focus here this evening on offense. And now um, I'll start here at the, you know, the offensive line. Look, you know, and it just seemed that everything went well over the second half. But it doesn't mean that you're still, everything's perfect and you don't need to fix anything. Um, Greg Robinson obviously did a great job in fixing his reputation. You know, at what had been to this point, um, is is Greg enough, or do you maybe kick out a Joel Batonio who you know 
had a, a good enough grade to be a left tackle in this league. He just happened to go to a team with a Hall of Famer at left tackle. Um, do you think that's the option, or do you think you know drafting a left tackle should be something that should be big uh, a big priority for this franchise? They do have a huge investment, obviously, with Baker Mayfield. Do you feel they have enough in-house right now, at least for this season? Um, no, I think they. I think there's a start there because I I really like Batonio when he came out. Uh, you know, I, I you know, of course, Zittler when he, when he came out, I really like him. You know, Hubbard, hey, he was a backup guy, and you know, he filled in all those holes at Pittsburgh, and you know, and did some good things. But I think that uh, the tackle position's got to be shored up. I mean, um, I, you can't count on Harrison. I don't care anybody says I don't care how high he jumps and what kind of athlete he is and all that, but you really can't count on him. And Robinson, like I said, he he did some better things. We have to remember. He didn't have to hold his blocks as long either, because I mean Baker. Once you, you know, I mean <laughs> Baker, he helps the whole offensive line because he gets that ball out so quickly, gets that snap, and boom, it's out there. And uh, Robinson, you know, frankly, took a step, you know, forward a little bit. I mean, baby steps, but you know, I'm not going to hang my hat uh, on him or Harrison, to be honest with you. Okay, so with that being said, do you think it's a pressing need here? But you know, whether it would be a first-round need here. But go ahead and, you know, give me a couple of the guys that you think you really like. I mean, and the best part is, is whoever it is, they may not be pressured into a day-one role, which is what happens when you have good teams. This is, you know, when you get a better roster, you don't have to put so much pressure and faith in all these rookies right out of the gate. Yeah, I think with the Browns are picking, you know, there's uh, some guys, I mean, certainly there's some good pass rushers, or some pass watchers out there. Guys of some size and what have have you, but um, you know, uh, like a the best bet might be grabbing in the second round. Um, although there probably will be a first round guy. Now I really like Jonah Williams from Alabama, but but he's a guard to me. You know, he's not really a tackle, but you can't always kick all these guys inside. Somebody's got to play tackle, and I tell you. Where, where I, I lose a little bit of faith in him, and I know it sounds goofy, but he doesn't have a thick ass. You know, I mean, this guy is no bubble butt. Have a, a big <laughs> right? No, no bubble and no l- lower body thickness. Now he's a really good player, moves his feet well, and uh, uses hands well and all that. But you know, his best position might end up being a center, to be honest with you, or guard. I, I just, but but somebody's got to play tackle and. You know, for the most part, he had a great college career there. But so, you know, and then, but there, all these guys have got question marks. Now, I did like some things that on Caleb McGarry uh, from Washington, the senior bowl. Uh, he did some good things, I thought, that um, really helped him. Now, Andre Dillard got beat. But, you know, I know some people were beating his drum down there, but he, he got beat, you know, uh, on uh, with speed on the outside or people crossing his face and, He's got talent, but I think he's he's got to elevate it. Uh, Yodi Kajus from um, West Virginia is another big, wide-bodied, long-armed guy that you know. Is, again, he's a second-round guy in my opinion. Uh, David Edwards from Wisconsin, big six-six, three hundred twenty-five pound guy. Hey, if you can get a guy, you know Edwards, uh, have him do some things like Joe Thomas did. But you know that's the long. Uh, but he's more of a second-round guy too, and. Uh, Juwan Taylor, um, he's got talent. He's got some grit to him. 
Um, you know, he's got some holes, but uh, he's a guy that's probably going to be in the running for a first-round uh, tackle spot, as, along with Greg Little from Mississippi, who, again, he's around 6'6", 325, uh, better pass protector than run blocker. So, you know, that's kind of what you're looking at, at you know, and, and more, more likely a lot of those guys would be second-rounders, but that's not a bad thing, and I think it, it would certainly help at worst, I think you you know one of those guys might end up starting at right tackle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's 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 no, I mean there's no great left tackle out there that you're going to say boom you're going to because he'd be gone top ten. You know if there was, and there's mm-hmm. really none of those guys. So, um, but there are some really good, and and I tell you, offensive line coaches want those guys with long arms, 35, 36 inches. They want them six six. They would like to have them around 320 pounds, and, hey, they don't grow on trees, so a lot of these guys are going to disappear, and if the Browns want one, you know, they may they may be fortunate enough to get one in the second round, um, you know, that, that could help them and start for them. But, but um, in regards to that premier left tackle, um, I think I, I don't know if there's really one uh, there for them this year, you know, and, and, and but – Little, he, somebody's going to throw him in there, and and Taylor is probably going to get thrown in there too. Uh, but um, they got some work to do. Yeah, I, Little seems to be like a guy that everybody says, "Oh man, he hits every mark." But the tape gives you some pause and some hesitation. The thing I like about a kid like Taylor was, is you know, his dream school was go to the University of Florida, and you know they told him as a seventeen-year-old kid, "Well, you got to drop about 50, 60 pounds." And you love the determination of the kid who did it and went down there. So with a guy like Taylor, I think what makes the appeal so great with him is you already know that he's already made a major commitment to get himself to one level. So you probably would have some faith that he would be able to do it, continue to do it, and get himself to wherever he needs to be. It seems like he's kind of a guy that gives a vibe off, look, I will do whatever you need me to do. Just tell me. Yeah, well, that but but the thing that's scary, Jeff, is uh, you know the, the guys that have blown up. Say, for instance, he was like fifty pounds overweight. What have you? Worry about them, you know, eating themselves out of a job once they get that money too. You know what I mean? You and, got uh, that. You, you know, you gotta you gotta consider that. So, um, and now actually, the bigger some guys are, the more they break down too. You know, so it, there's a lot of things you look at, but. I'm kind of with you, you know, I mean, Taylor, there's, you know, the tape, um, you know, shows that he's probably a late one and a definite two. Um, so, you know, and, you know, that, that kind of fit in, in the Browns wheelhouse. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you know, is he going out for dinner and ordering two 24 ounce prime, you know, <laughs> two, four, two 24 right. ounce porterhouses and things of that nature. Because now he's got the money. Guys, you listen to Locked On Browns here. Uh, Dan Shanka from uh, rlads.com. Uh, kind enough to join us here this evening. Uh, guys, now would be a great time to drop an iTunes rating review. So go ahead and take care of that for me. Dan, I'm going to switch it over here to the running back position. Um, obviously, the once they made the switch and realized that the Carlos Hot experiment wasn't working out, and they unleashed a young man in Nick Chubb who... Um, developed the nickname of old school within the building because Nick practiced on Wednesday like it was game day. And he just 
literally took off and you know everything seemed to you know there was nice cohesion between the line between Nick uh even the wide receivers I you know I still go back to the 92 yard touchdown run against the Falcons Antonio Callaway saying I got this guy with his arm pointing telling Nick where to go but Nick is now a huge key here and I think you know as much as they relied on him and you know obviously what Baker Mayfield is you need that guy that you can count on if it's going to say hey well this week it took 23 to 24 carries Nick's capable of that. Um, Duke Johnson, obviously, you know, I, I love Duke. I, I, I still think he should be more a part of the offense. I, I think maybe some people in that building feel differently. But it, there needs to be a running back that, God forbid, you know, you know, Nick's got an ankle that's not 100%, and maybe you want to sit him or you don't want to feature him that week. You still need to find a way and a back where you can say, all right, look, at least we can put in 12 to 15 scripted runs and we can still do this to keep everybody honest give me some thoughts here on this well i mean if you want to comment on nick chubb but also some backs in this class that you feel would work as a nice caddy to nick chubb yeah i tell you what i love nick chubb uh loved him down there at georgia uh just a powerful inside guy and i think you know he's he shown that he can catch the ball a little better than i think people thought because they just never threw to him down there i mean georgia just they run between the tackles and uh they still the play. They still zone. play football, Dan. That I'm used to. That you're used to. They're one school that never said we're going to light it up for seventy every week because they could if they wanted to. Yeah. It, well, I tell you what. They, well, just for instance, uh, Godwin, the receiver that was at the East West Shrine this year. You know, two years ago he led the uh, Bulldogs in receptions, and this year he's like fifth. So they had all those receivers. Ridley, you know, came out. I mean, they had a ton of receivers. But then, you know, look at the the running backs they had this year uh, uh, who, who were, were tremendous. But, but I think there's some – the running backs, uh, a guy that, that – I mean, I, I always like, you know, those compact runners that are around 223 pounds, you know, 5'10", 5'11", somewhere in there that they got really good speed. And, uh, um, you know, Damon Harris, uh, he's probably going to end up going in the second round somewhere. But, uh, you know, he didn't hardly get any work this year, really, with all the running backs they have. And uh, I think that there's a pot. That guy looks like an NFL player. When you see him run, I mean, and he doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, tread off his tires. So, uh, but he's a real physical guy that would be, I think, a great compliment uh, to Chubb. And for, like you said, hey, you want to set Chubb this week? Hey, start Harris, you know. But another guy we kind of like is Travion Williams from Texas A&M. Uh, another, you know, I mean, he's a junior that came out. Not another because uh, Harrison's senior, but but um, I tell you, Williams has got a lot of talent. Makes people miss. He's he, he's you know built, um, you know, like Emmett Smith, uh, but faster. I mean, I'm not comparing them, uh, you know. Uh, but in college, um, I tell you what, Trayvon Williams is a little more talent, I think, than, than people think, and he's a. Uh, uh, makes people miss. He's a good player in space, and um, you know he's going to be up in that mix somewhere. Uh, now, but but what's going to happen is, see, the Browns are going to be able to get a, a, a real solid running back, you know, between the third and the fifth round because there's so darn many of them. You, you know, that's what's going to help with the combine to sort some of these guys out because you can grade them, you know really well and solid but until you get that verified information jeff you just don't know uh dexter williams you know he shows some things at the senior bowl that were 
were, you know, really good. But, you know, there's some holes there that you're looking at. Holyfield from Georgia, yeah, there's a powerful nut, you know, that <laughs> is going to be in the people's mix. Uh, you know, Benny Snell. You know, there we go. That's my, that's, that's, that's my guy. He's yeah, he's a he's a tough, tough uh, kid, and, and so you know, it's just it's it, it's going to help to sort of you're going to have all their their three years or their four years of um, you know stats and how they played and all that, which is super. But you know what? Until you put the watch on them, you know, and I hate to say that all the time because it, it's just you know I've been too many meetings over the years and in, in different ball clubs and I, and I I was always a contrarian I said well what do you want a track team or you want a football player you know and um uh but uh but, hey the faster they are the bigger they are the more productive they are they just kind of move up the chain which rightfully so well and and that's where the whole checking the boxes comes in it's like all right well they all got great tape that's why they're to this point now we got to fine-tune that tape and say, well, you know, does he meet X, Y, Z? And for me, Benny Snell, what I think is here's a guy playing at SEC school. And look, when he got there, Kentucky was not a very good SEC team. But for three years, and as a true freshman, each year, over 44, I, I think it was between 44 and 45 broken tackles every year in, Georgia, you know, in, in, in the SEC, playing at a school like Kentucky, so, I mean, he was playing quality competition week in, week out. It's not going to hurt him for my Browns listeners that he's an Ohio native. But Benny Snell's a, a guy I do really like, and that'd be one. Well, look, it's all right. Well, I mean, okay, well, Nick's got to sit this week. We'll trust Benny for 12 to 5 carries. I think it was only seven fumbles over 950 touches. So that doesn't concern you. But, you know, like you said, and that's why the combine exists and why that's, that's why it's as big as it is because – People want that three cone for the short area quickness. They want to know if you got some long speed because if the play is drawn up correctly, these guys can blow it open, right? Right. And the thing about Benny, people want to know what he can hunt. You know, uh, and but to me, you know, an NFL back has got to get those two and three and four yard runs. I'm not worried about that big home run. It's great if you can get one because, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often, uh, especially with the speedy defensive backs out there. But, you know, another guy in the elk we're talking about is uh, David Montgomery from Iowa State, another Ohio guy from Cincinnati, you know. And uh, he, you, know, you talk about breaking tackles now, this guy just yep. runs over people. And But, again, you you know, you could probably put him and Snell in a race and you kind of wonder who would, who would win it, you know. But uh, Montgomery catches the ball well. He's tough. He's fumbled arguably one or two times in his whole career. And uh, I say arguably because – when he one was when he was scoring, uh, you know, he was down. He scored a touchdown against Memphis in the bowl game, the Liberty Bowl. which has a fumble. I thought it was very questionable. I thought he was down, but nevertheless, Montgomery is a guy that's a very powerful, uh, low to the ground runner. Doesn't give you a lot of surface to hit. Catches the ball uh, well out of the backfield, and um, so you know he's going to be in the mix. But again, you know, here you're talking about you know probably third and fourth round guys. Yep, 100%. Um, we're going to flip it up here, Dan, a little bit here now to the wide receiver position. Um, and this is one thing, you know, where you know I talk with my listeners through social media or we talk through the show, and everybody says, oh, well, it'd be great if you could have an Odell Beckham, you know, if he's available. And they go through these bigger names. And the one thing I keep coming back to is, is does Baker need – the true number one wide receiver because he was like a painter with a palette. I mean, everybody 
if you're open, you're getting the ball. That's kind of the way Baker Mayfield works. It is the true number one receiver. And, and you know, I, I don't want to compare Baker to Tom Brady in this instance. But, you know, Baker seems like the guy that's like, well, you know, whatever the play is called for, you know, even if it's the third or fourth option and that's the guy open, that's where the ball's going to go. Is the number one receiver a huge necessity for Baker Mayfield, or do you keep it going, you know, from what you saw from the success he had this season? Well, I think, uh, Jeff, what you need is a guy you can count on to catch the ball. I mean, that's that's the thing. And, you know, like you said, Baker, he'll go through. I mean, he processes information. That's one thing we fell in love with him. Uh, you know, he's at Oklahoma. He just processes I remember. He, he was your number one with a bullet last year, no doubt. Right. I mean, he just he he's just like a he's like a, a Chinese supercomputer. You know what I mean? His brain. <laughs> I mean, he, just, he just processes things so quickly, and his synapse from his brain to his hand. I mean, he gets that ball out. I mean, he 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 surveys the field. Every. I mean, I don't do it justice talking about what he can do because he he does things so quickly and so rare that um, you know. But to me, I want somebody to catch the ball. Would it be Debo Samuel? Now, you know, Debo Samuel is he got a little bit of an injury history, but you know, he looked spectacular in the senior bowl all week. He's our top wide receiver and wow. um and, and he snatches that ball and he can return kicks, he can make you miss an open field, you know, he can uh uh just I mean, here's a guy that's just a hair under six foot, he's two hundred and sixty pounds, he looks like a running back. And I guarantee you when combine time comes, he's going to be running 4-4 or something, you know. So, uh, But that being said, there's a, a, a variety of other receivers that uh, are going to be in the mix. And um, I think that the Browns definitely got to grab one and uh, got to get a receiver. They, I, they don't have to take him at one. But if they, you know, if one falls in their laps, which, you know, could real easy, Samuel will probably be there, you know, at, at the Browns' pick. So, um, if they like him, he might be the guy. You know, if not, they go. You know, to another position that you know John and the staff feel is more important. But but really like uh, Debo Samuel. You know, uh, Brown AJ Brown is. You know, he again he looks like a running back. He's two hundred twenty five pounds, six one, catches that ball and and uh, can run over people. Uh, you know, Kenny O'Harry here. There's a big guy. Um, he's got a little better feet than people think, and uh, you know, quick getting off a say for instance, a quick slant on the goal line. You know, he can uh, uh, move those feet and get inside on a cornerback, and plus he's a big target at six four. That um, you know could certainly help the Browns down the line. A big target like that, or you know, help help Mayfield because he's got a big guy that he can go to. So, um, and I I know I know that. Uh, Baker would probably like to see Hollywood Brown, you know, somewhere <laughs> along the line too. That speed receiver that he just lays it out there to uh, Brown, and um, you, you know, that it's probably going to be a touchdown because he runs a legit four-three something. But he's not a big guy; he's 165 pounds, you know. So you kind of got to take all that stuff into into stride. So, but there's going to be some receivers that you know, once things all sort out and they're vetted and their background you know because there's some of the guys are you know you can't really take or you know john um you know he that never bothered him on those skill people uh no, it you know, does not. Take, he takes the best 
football player, and then if they screw up, they'll get rid of them. But, if, you know, if they can, uh, you know, do it. I mean, we had, in fact, Callaway last year, we put him as our last receiver and said that, hey, he's a, you know, second, third-round guy, but I didn't want to put him up there because I'm, I'm big into character. I want a guy that you can count on. And um, but, but anyway, you know, and so once all that's done, you know, you're going to uh, get a receiver or two for the Browns this year. Yeah, and, well, and that was even the thing. And look, you know, and, and to Callaway's credit, because when the pick came down, um, you know, wasn't a fan. You know, I mean, because you know, you, you know, you, you want at least to have reliability. But you know, Antonio Callaway, there is no. I mean, look, to this point, the guy has kind of, has seemed to have reversed his life. And you know, part of it was also you know the he had missed the year at Florida. So now you're talking about a guy getting back to football after an 18, 19 month stretch. But, you know, I I could not be happier with the way he progressed and the way he came along. And he found a way to contribute, not just as a deep threat. You know, there were some red zone things. And it seemed like he was smart enough to realize if Baker, if Baker had to break the pocket, how to find the open spot. So, you know, and that was the thing I keep telling these listeners is get more Antonio Callaways, get more Rashard Higgins. You don't need that guy who's going to say, well, as long as I get my 13 to 14 targets every week, everything's going to be good. Because with some of these big-time wide receivers, and look, you know, Odell Beckham, there's, you know, I, I love the guy, but, you know, there seems to be issues with him and obviously Antonio Brown and maybe a falling out in Pittsburgh. Sometimes these guys, it, 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 the, the payoff may not be worth the rub, so to speak. No, yeah, no, there's no question about it. And you're right, I, I'm with you on Cowboy. He, he ended up... Uh, knocking the rust off he had you know some drops and things early and uh but uh as he went on through the season um but you know you're always going to worry in the back of your mind yeah i mean uh about him you know i mean it just you just are you know and are you going to have the, the playoff run and all of a sudden boom you're not going to have him you know or you say hey fine we'll take him as long as we get him but we know you know something may happen um that that we may lose him you know so but but anyway, and that can happen with anybody with injuries or what have you. But I just you know you just worry about that because he has had um, you know a little shade thrown on him uh, early in his career through his own doings. So, but anyway, there's um, yeah there's there's going to be some guys you know hey uh, DK Metcalf who was injured and again you're going to have to from Mississippi who people are going to have or the the doctors are going to have to see exactly he had a neck injury which is not good but he's supposedly going to be fine and all that see what happened but there's a there's a big fast receiver that um, can snatch that ball and, and take it you know the distance for you paris campbell you know from ohio state he'll be taken a little bit later on uh, you know in the draft middle rounds or what have you but he can smoke it i mean he may be a guy that uh is, so there's there's Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. There's a big, Fun. huge wide receiver. But think about him now. He's going to drop him. You know, I mean, if you don't mind him dropping one or two a game, uh, he's your guy because, I mean, he's a big, strong, physical. He'll block. He'll do all that. But I tell you, I just hate receivers that drop balls. You know, they're, yep. they're a pro receiver. Catch them. You know what I mean? And, uh, but, you know, Butler's got, got to work on his hands because um, he can make that spectacular catch. But he can drop that routine one too. But I mean, he's a you know Funches who was up at Michigan is now at Carolina. He was like that. I mean, every time he count on him, he dropped the ball. 
you know, and uh, but then he caught a bunch. He goes in the second round to Carolina, and he's been starting there ever since. But but anyway, so there's going to be some receivers that uh, the Browns can get, will be able to take when they want to take them that can help them out. Yeah, and and the thing is, just I, for me, I I just would like a deeper positional group, and also, but the I, and w- this is what I'm trying to explain to um you know the listeners and stuff is you want you want the defense scared. You want them looking and saying, well, we have no idea who may be the featured you know receiver on this play. I have no idea who the number one target is, or the two, or the three, and just keep maximizing where you put you know on obvious passing downs four to five different guys on the field where any one of them, it could be their number called because they're good route runners and they're reliable with catching the ball. And I just think that's the best way to approach it with Baker Mayfield. Before we move on to tight ends, though, Dan, I do want to ask you, um, give me uh, just a couple thoughts here on you know, Brashard Perriman. It, it was the most interesting signing because it was like, oh, wow, Brashard Perriman, this is how bad it is now. We have some injuries, some guys who aren't ready. But Brashard Perriman really stepped up and like they slowly integrated him in and you know there he was with you know week 15 a big touchdown reception against Denver went back to Baltimore in week 17 with a big touchdown reception I had called that one I wanted him to take that ball and throw it into the inner harbor I had called for it I knew it was going to come but it's just so great to see and this was also part of the thing with Greg Robinson is when you see these guys, and you know, obviously this is more paramount here, but when you see these guys who have struggled and you know the the label quote unquote bust, but they get another opportunity, and Greg it was his third, Brashard it was his second. Nobody wants to see any of these kids bust, and it's nice when it didn't work out, and they find themselves some success afterwards. Yeah, it, I mean, I was not a Perryman fan when he came out. You know, yeah, I was the pick was way too high. Like- Oh, geez. When he went in the first round, I about fell off my chair, you know what I mean? I was going to get out of scouting saying, Ozzy, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And uh, um, he, But, again, he was that height, weight, speed guy, 41 vertical, da-da-da. But, you know what? Apparently nobody looked at film because he couldn't catch. I mean, he couldn't catch in college, and, he, and when they got him, he couldn't catch. And then he had, a, I guess, a, a mystical uh, um, something there when he went to Cleveland, and he started catching the ball a little better and everything, and he's still not – you know, uh, a guy that I would say, hey, you're my feature guy, but um, he, he can sure stretch. Well, I remember Lou Holtz saying at a coaching clinic a long time ago uh, that, you know, hey, you can put a guy out there with no arms and you're going to, you know, you got to cover him, you know, and that's kind of like I think they looked at Perryman, go ahead, stretch the defense, and we'll throw Higgins underneath and, and uh, Landry and Callaway and, uh, you know, throw those guys underneath. So, uh, but the way it turned out, Perriman uh, did catch a couple. I mean, he, he did catch, you know, a, a very few at Baltimore before they finally sent him out of there, tired of seeing all those drop passes. So he doesn't have natural hands, but, you know, if you don't mind a body catcher, it, as long as he catches it, um, then, you know, and, and Perryman, it, hey, all those guys got to do is get a judge machine and catch about 1,000 passes a day if they have to, and you know, uh, but um, will they do it? And, and Perryman's got – you know, the speed and, and talent to do some things. But um, I think the jury's still out on him. But uh, he has made, again, like Robinson, some strides this year. And it was funny because it, it was the Kansas City game and there was an obvious pass interference that wasn't called in the end zone. Um, 
And, and for me, like, I was joking in the postgame. I was like, well, the referees probably said, well, we're not throwing the flag because we probably didn't figure he was going to catch it anyway. Um, but he did a really good job in cleaning up his reputation in that respect. Um, guys, mybookie.com, look, it's super week. Everybody wants to place a wager or two. I'll always recommend mybookie.com. They've been in business for years. The online reviews are excellent. Um, the mobile site's simple, clean, easy to use. Uh, if you want to put some money in there, they will match your initial deposit. So if you want to bet over-unders on fantasy points scored, anything you want to bet Super Bowl-wise, mybookie.com. Visit them over at mybookie.com. Mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Dan, it would be an extreme disservice if we did not talk about this tight end class. And, uh, and I'll start with this first. Dan, I mean, obviously, you know, there's still you know, a ways to go here. But has there been a tight end class with the teeth that this one has? Because, I mean, the Senior Bowl had a bunch of great guys. And we're not even talking the underclassmen. I mean, you know, and you had said this before we hit the record button, 12 to 13 kids declared. I mean, this is, even if you think your tight end stable, even if you're Baltimore, where you think your tight end unit is fantastic, you're going to be looking at this group. Is it really as deep as we all think it is? Yes. And it uh, might be deeper than everybody thinks it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're, they're really, I mean, um, hey, I tell you what, at the East-West Shrine game, they had a ton of really good receivers. I mean, you got a guy that, you know, there that was 6'6", 265 pounds and looked lean, uh, Blanton from Missouri. Um, I mean, and he, he made some nice catches and blocked well during the So, I mean, you know, right on down the line, you can look at these guys. Um, you know, Keenan Brown, for instance, nobody's ever heard of him from Texas State. Yep. Uh, he's he's a, a very talented guy. But, you know, Iowa is going to have two tight ends in there, T.J. Hutchinson and then uh, Noah Fant. Fant is a tremendous receiver who is underutilized uh, at Iowa. I mean, if I had a tight end, I mean, you know, of course, obviously they have another tight end too. And, and one of my scouts, he liked both of them in the first round. You know what I mean? Both those tight ends. Now, uh, Fant is a tremendous athlete. He'll knock it out at the combine. You know, Hudson is a probably a little bit uh, better blocker. Um, but but uh, that being said, I, I think uh, Fant had improved a lot this year. And uh, but um, so there's you know two tight ends from one school that you know, are probably going to go in, in the top two rounds somewhere. And then uh, Caden Smith out of Stanford, you know, we know about Stanford tight ends. Um, the shock is uh, Albert O from Missouri not coming out. That You know, uh, he, he's going to stay in there. I guess play with Kelly Bryant, but, you know, transferred over from Clemson. But, I mean, I know scouts that were in there, and the coaches told him he's coming out. And he didn't come out. So, but uh, you get receiving, I, I'll tell you, Josh Oliver from San Jose State, this guy looks like he'd be on the cover of Muscle Magazine. You know, I mean, he is chiseled, uh, and uh, he played for a team that won only won a couple of games in his career, and he can snatch that ball and take it up the field. He's got really good speed. Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M, uh, another talented guy. So, you know, you can go right on down the line. I talked about Blanton. Sweeney's a tough guy out of uh, Boston College. Uh, you know, um, a, a very athletic guy that was at uh, the East West Shrine, K.O. Uh, Dillon. 6'6", 265 pounds, a guy that can run. Moreau from LSU. You know, uh, Conrad from Kentucky. 
uh, was at the East West Shrine that, that, you know, I mean, you go right on down the line and I'll tell you what, there's a, yes, it's a very deep group and, you know, more teams are going to, you know, Green Bay had six on their roster last year, you know, so um, if you don't get a tight end that can help you this year, then it's your own fault. And it's just, you know, it, it's just adding to what you need. And look, you know, I mean, in the phrase, you know, the best friend of the quarterback, that still exists. And it seems, you know, set the valve as much as me and my Brown sisters love them. It seems the Browns never really found the perfect way. And, you know, Darren Fells, as much as I love him, I mean, you know, he's you know in his 30s now. So it, it could be something the Browns are heavily interested in. Uh, you know, obviously Baker loved his tight ends, and whether it was Flowers who kind of ran some tight end routes for him at Oklahoma as well, it, it could be something they're interested. In. You know, uh, Hawkinson kind of gives me a little bit. You know, with the ball in his hands, gives me a little bit of a Jeremy Shockey vibe. He's interesting, but I, I I don't know if they'd invest that early. And it in this case, it may not matter, Dan, because there are that many guys. But Hawkinson is going to be a fun guy. He's going to be a closely monitored guy in Indianapolis. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, if they take him at 18, who cares? If he if he goes in and starts and catches, I mean, look at what Kittle did last year out at you know at uh, San Francisco. You know, he's an, another Iowa guy that's not nearly as talented. It's hard to believe when he broke all kinds of NFL records this year. Is either of those other Iowa tight ends? When you, I mean, if you just talk about height, weight, speed, athletic ability, and all that stuff, those the two tight ends going to Iowa this year are better than Kittle. You know, so it, does it matter where you take them? If a guy's going to come in and start, maybe be a pro bowler for you? Hey, um, there, there's a couple right there that, that, and if you get nervous and you end up losing one, you can always grab another one because there's plenty of them. It, it's almost like where it's kind of just like, you know what, I'm just going to slip the card, put tight end, just put a name on it type of thing because I'm, I'm going to pick one here. And, you know, Kittle, and that was even the thing, his best season at Iowa was 317 yards receiving. And the most impressive thing about what he did this season was is he was doing it with a second and third string quarterback and just crazy impressive. And now with you know Garoppolo coming back healthy where they can maybe feature him a little bit more, it'll help the receiving core. You know, obviously they'll do some addition there in San Francisco, but it's been fun to see that. Dan, we're gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna want to you want you to come back, but but I think defense is gonna be something where there could be some trades and you know, free agency activity. So it'll be easier to identify the needs there. But you know, so it's been fun to talk about the offense here. But before I let you go, Dan, give me a name or two that you've got your eye on this early point at the at, you know anywhere on defense. Some guys who are you know really have you know taken a you know a liking to the R lads lens. Well, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't want to sing to the choir too much here, but uh, <laughs> we're the big fans, of, you know. Well, Devin White and uh, Devin Bush, you know, I mean. Uh, Bush reminds me so much of Ray Lewis when, when Ray came out of uh, Miami. Um, and actually, he's about the same size. You know, I was at, he was, Ray wasn't in my area, but I was at the pro day. And, um, you know, and, and I measured him and, and, and uh, did his arm length and all that stuff, you know. So I know he, what size he was. He was like 228 pounds when he came out. Obviously, you know, before he went to the Hall of Fame, he, he played in two fifties and uh, even up to two sixty one, I think, at times. But but uh, Bush plays with that kind of nasty aggressiveness. Um, I, I like that. I really like Devin White, and of course the corners uh, like Greedy Williams uh, uh, out of LSU. And uh, I know I'm not breaking new ground there, but uh, 
you know, Josh Allen has had a great year at Kentucky, and you got to look at him. But Sweat ended up having a big, you know, Senior Bowl week, and he was our second-rated outside linebacker, really, because he could play that elephant position. Uh, you know, that that hybrid guy that can rush the passer or drop into coverage. Um, you know, and it being six-six uh, with that range that he has, you know, really like those kind of guys but again you know nick bosa before he was injured was just spectacular i mean he, he's going to be the big time pass rusher for somebody uh clement farrell from clemson i think we're higher on him than than uh, a lot of people but but he is really a terrific football player uh and uh quinn williams from uh alabama obviously i mean i mean i like big those big guys like dexter lawrence uh to stop the run. Uh, Christian Wilkins, again, another Clemson guy. Jeffrey Simmons has had his moments. I, I've liked Draymond Jones for a couple of years at Ohio State. If you got him in the right defensive scheme, um, you know, he's going to bring some real heat to people. So, you know, and, and another thing this year, there's going to be a lot of safeties out there that, you know, are going to help people. So uh, I think that, that, that Gardner Johnson from Florida is a guy that uh, I like. Thornhill played in the Senior Bowl. I like him. Mike Edwards at the right spot, you know, uh, for Kentucky. Good football player. Uh, Hamani Hook here from Iowa. So, you know, there's there's, uh, some really good safeties out there. And uh, the defense is, you know, you're going to see a ton of them come off in that top 32, uh, you know, first round of the draft. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, when I do mention defensive tackle as the biggest need for you know the Cleveland Browns, because look, as much as Larry Ogunjobi is a fantastic player, there's literally nothing after him. And you know some well some listeners and fans are like, well you know some of these tier two guys, and you know I'm like guys, I've polled ten to twelve evaluators. They have you know five to six defensive tackles in the top twenty. Don't use the term tier two. These guys are plug and play defensive tackles. Yeah, absolutely correct. And and you know what? You know, even the second round, you're going to get guys like Gerald Willis that once he's bedded and he had a few off the field stuff, but he had a tremendous uh, senior year. Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame. I yep. mean, he's huge. I mean, you can go on down the line. You're going to get some guys, even like I said, a little bit later in the draft and uh, that are going to be great. Hey, Trayvon Coley is you know, plays his butt off. And I know that, uh, you know, he, here's a guy that uh, bounced around a little bit uh, over the last couple of years, but, you know, he's done a lot of good things. So there's guys in this draft, for instance, that are going to be really competing. Hey, uh, a guy that Daniel Wise from Kansas is going to be down in that middle uh, area somewhere. And his brother is a starter, you know, out at New England right now. And um, so, uh, Dalen Mack uh, or Michael Dogby from uh, Temple. People haven't even heard of him. He's 6'3", about 285, 290 pounds. But Dogby uh, is an under-tackle, is a tremendous football player. He's going to be, you know, nabbed in the middle round somewhere. So there's some really good football players out there that, you know, like I don't want to say Kyle Williams type because Kyle Williams is a tremendous for Buffalo over his career. But there's some guys like that that are going to be available if they're played in the right scheme and, and things like that, you know. Absolutely, 100%. Um, Dan, we're going to start to put a bow on this, um, but make sure you put a couple more logs on the fire. 
All right. I mean, it, it's this is the way we got to do it here now, man. It's cold. We got to take care of this stuff, buddy. It, 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 it it's not fun right now. No, and the temperature in our last since we've been talking has probably dropped another few degrees. So uh, uh, we're supposed to get like fifty wind chill tonight, uh, you know. But uh, that's fine because hey, I'm in here hunkered down watching, studying tape, and uh, you know I got my. Uh, microwave with for my instant coffee or i got my coffee maker if i want to go that route i got my hot chocolate i got you know whatever i even need to to keep rolling here to study and tape uh, i don't i don't have any cognac here but that may change before you know before long yeah uh a little something you know a little something to warm up the inside um but dan um i mean uh, guys like you who've been around forever. I, I love sitting down and talking with you because, I mean, the best thing is is the passion still comes out. And, and and this is the fun for me. As much as I love covering football, I love this part of the year where it's you. Know, it's this time now, and this is the focus of football. And, guys, yes, it is 365 days of the year, and this is how we get through this part of it. Um, guys, rlaz.com. Dan Shanka and a bunch of other guys have put together some great stuff over there. Um, if you... If you're new to it and you don't know about it, make it part of it. Um, the experience level and guys who have been around it for a long, long time, their their voices and their opinions, you know, they should be listened to and they should be heard. And you know, Dan still, you know, and the, now Dan is one guy, and the other guys, uh, you know, all the guys he works with, they value the whole process of it. And you know, it's you know, here, 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 as it is with the All Star Games and the Combine. And pro days and these things, and you know, and, and all of that comes into focus as we get into April, and these guys are getting drafted. So go ahead, check out all the work. You know, whether it's you know Dan, and obviously over at rlaz.com, on um, the show Locked On Browns, uh, the Twitter account, guys. We always keep it a follow back account. I'm I'm thankful for everything over there. Anything you need, hit me up over there. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, it's fun, guys, here, and we've done some defense this week. We've done some offense here this week. Uh, we're just going to continue to putting out quality content as we get on through here, through the offseason, and the amount of support from everybody for these Browns has been fantastic. As we always say when we close, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.